Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to the What We Said podcast, you guys. We're back in business for this week, at we least. We are. We're podcasting for the first time in 2022 together. I texted Chelsea and I said, I don't know about you. I'm like, I know you have a very different life experience right now, but I'm very excited to podcast this week. And she was like, me too. It's I know, been too I long. Miss it. it has actually been so long it's since been we like podcasted a month. together. Yeah. I'm scared. Speechless. <laughs> Speechless. Um, well, we're going to so give you much. guys some life updates. Like this whole episode, we could talk for five hours about yeah. just all of our life updates from the past month. Chelsea's birth story, mm-hmm. which I know all of you guys are awaiting to hear. <laughs> With bated breath. Yes. And trigger warning, audio- lots of talk of vaginas, areas that if you don't want to hear about, you don't have to listen to this yeah. episode, but. I'm excited. You can you can log out when we start talking about that if you don't like hearing about birth and stuff like that. But should we start with our quick little things that yes. we um, wrote down? We wanted to do a little speed round life update. Usually like when we have, when we're podcasting every week, we're almost like scrounging for life updates. We're almost like, what happened this week that we could talk about? Like, And it's been a month. So we have lots to actually in real time talk to you guys about. Yeah. We're trying to like cut down what all has happened yeah. because it's been too much. And honestly, still I was scrounging for life updates. <laughs> I was like, I haven't done that much. I mean, besides push the, a baby out of yeah, you. the baby. It. It's not like I've gone anywhere, like done, you know, anything crazy like that. So mm-hmm. okay, well, you can start. Okay. A Christmas update. I got a Brita watch and it's B-R-E-D-A. TikTok did me dirty. I was talking about this on TikTok and it like did the closed captioning as burrito watch. It's a burrito. Maybe it's pronounced something else, but I got it for Christmas and I stand by what I said a couple episodes ago when we talked about our wish list that I think we should bring back the non-smart watches just purely for telling time and looking, you know, classy. Yeah, it does look classy yeah. and chic. I love that. I re- I saw something on TikTok that just made me laugh and I wanted to share. This girl was saying, the longer the Instagram caption, the more rocky the relationship. Yes, I saw that TikTok. And she was talking about Tristan and Chloe because the day that he like cheated on her, mm-hmm. but obviously shouldn't know, Chloe Kardashian posted like the longest it'll paragraphs about how he's just like the most amazing man and like Yikes. like they've been through so much, but they came out on top. And she was like, my theory is that the longer the caption, the rockier the relationship. One million percent. And I was like, that is so true. 
Like I have seen that time and time again. I I can think of one instance specifically. Okay, I'm, now I'm. Ch- I, we we're supposed to keep it brief. <laughs> I can th- I can think of one instance specifically of this girl that I knew who would always post paragraphs on paragraphs about her husband, how he was the most amazing man, and they got divorced within a year. Yeah, always. And it's crazy because I was like, it always did seem like overcompensating. Anyway, I thought that was really accurate and like something that I, I had never voiced, but it was so real. I saw that. Did I not send that to you? Or I, thought, I don't think I so. I think maybe I was thinking of talking to you about it because we always can call it. Like, yes, if someone's doing that. It's, I saw TikTok, but it wasn't actually the Tristan and Chloe one. It was about another girl who I'm not going to say her name, but she's like a self-help person. Okay. And she yeah. like based her whole like thing on her relationship. And she was like, I should, and the person that made the TikTok was saying, I should have known when her whole paragraph about her husband was like how hard it was to be married, but how worth it it is and how amazing he is yes. every five days. And she's like, I should have known at that point that yeah. they were doomed. And then they did get divorced as well. Yes. Yeah, it it kind of always rings true. Not, mm-hmm. I guess maybe not always, but I've seen it happen a lot. Yeah, and it's crazy. Yeah, both of when us. That's just my post. life update. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, they go on our Instagram. We both just post paragraphs yeah. about our husbands. Um, okay, my next update is a very recent update, but the new season of Attack on Titan came out, which is if you are new to the podcast. It's an anime show. It's actually one of the most popular anime shows out there. And it just came out this last season, the first episode on Sunday. So everyone was messaging me like, are you watching it? And I'm like, you guys, I have nothing else to do. Yes, I'm watching it. So it's very good. I'm very excited. Love that for you. My next update is that I got blackout shades in my room. And wow. Wow, wow, wow. Worth every penny. And they were very expensive, which I was not expecting. Yeah. Um, We got blackout shades. We haven't put the curtains up because I also got curtains. But it makes the house look so much sleeker and it's just so much darker mm-hmm. at night and I'm thriving, so. Blinds are just not the vibe. No. And I have them all over my house. It's not the vibe. Stop. Okay, my next one. And I know you did as well, but I watched Ted Lasso and literally I cried in every episode of season one. Season two, I didn't cry as much. I cried in some of the episodes, but it was such a good show. Oh, I don't know why it took me so show. long. Like everyone was posting about it and I was like, eh, eh, eh. That man, like I posted on my Instagram before I deleted it, which I'll get into later, that I was like, he's taught me every valuable life lesson I've ever needed to know yeah. within one season of a show. Yes. <sighs> it got so a little good. heavy season two. Wait, it did. Are you, are you I watching? finished. Yeah. I finished last night. Yeah. It did. Um, but still good. Still mm-hmm. great. Love the characters. Yeah. Love the vibe. Yes. Obsessed. Um, okay. I've been dry brushing. And Wait, same. Really? Yes. It, I got one. It has helped. I've actually noticed a difference in it helping exfoliate my mm-hmm. dry skin because I am someone who, um, when I shave, I get like razor bumps really bad or like, I don't know how to explain it, but like even while I'm shaving, I can just feel that it's going to hurt afterwards. Ugh. And so if I dry brush before the shower and then I shower and like exfoliate and shave, it, my skin is so smooth. Do you do your entire body when um, you dry brush? Yeah, but not super intentionally. Like mm-hmm. I kind of just... Yes, but yes, yeah. I do the whole body. I started doing it when I was really pregnant. I started getting like stretch marks above my belly button and below my belly button. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to try this out. And so I ordered a dry brush. And I don't know if you're supposed to do that for stretch marks. Like, I don't know if that's worse. Like dry <laughs> brushing them. them. Yeah, but um, also your stomach is kind of itchy when you're really pregnant because yeah. your skin is stretching. So it felt so good. And I did it all over. And I also kind of realized like how 
much dead skin was on my body. Yes, it does. <laughs> I was like, it, ew, I don't think I ever yeah, actually get this off of my body besides when I dry brush. It kind of like hurts a little. Yeah. It feels good. Yeah, it kind of scratch. It's kind of like itches. Uh, not itches, it scratches. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I am happy to announce that I no longer, the second my child came out of my body, <laughs> I no longer had acid reflux or like indigestion or heartburn. And you guys, like I can actually enjoy food again. Like this is, I'll get into this later, but like I cannot even express to you how happy I am to no longer like be pregnant just because of like the little inconveniences of it. But I was never able to fully enjoy food because I would, it would always come back come up. up. Yeah, come up after. Like even if I drank soda, it would just be like sitting in the middle of my throat. And the night after we had in the hospital, so it was like really late. And at night after I had Case, my baby, if you guys don't know, that's his name, Case, <laughs> we were starving and there was no food at the hospital besides like their snacks, so like PB&J. And I had not eaten all day. So And it was Christmas. So there was nothing open besides, I think either Car- Carl's Jr. or Jack in the Box is one of those. And so Nick's like, I'm sorry, we have to do it. Like we have to get it. And I had the most disgustingly satisfying like impossible burger from there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is going to give me the worst heartburn. Didn't feel a thing afterwards. I was like, so crazy. This is amazing. So food has been great lately. Been really indulging. Love that. Working out with an accountability partner, I wrote down, is oh, so much nice. better. Rachel's been coming over to our home gym, which actually is starting to get a little makeover. Really? Um, as of today. Yes, we got some new stuff and we're making it look a little bit more like aesthetically pleasing. It's looking really good. Anyway, Rachel's been coming over a few times a week to work out with me. And it's crazy how much harder I push myself and how much more on top of it I am. Yeah. I've like, I, I've never really worked out with friends. I don't, I've yeah. never really had a friend who's like into weightlifting or anything. So it's been so nice. And I'm like, wow, this is why people like go to workout classes together mm-hmm. and like work Does out together. Does she come together. over at like a specific time or it's just kind of like in the morning whenever? We kind of work around our schedules. So it hasn't been super consistent, um, but we plan like a few days in advance. Like, okay, what time can you do Monday? What time can you do Wednesday? And yeah, it's been so nice. nice. And also I, I've been I feel like that's 24/7. a good match because I feel like you guys are both kind of competitive people. So yes. it does like push you harder when you're like a competitive person. Yeah. Not that you're trying to compete against each other and working out. But, but we push each other. Like yeah. she'll be like, no, don't give up. Keep going. Yeah. Like it's fun. So that's been fun. Nice. Great way to start out the year. My last one is which, how many more do you have? I have two. Okay, because well, I was going to say, mine kind of goes into probably your last one okay. and main one, is that I took a little social media break like the day I thought I was going to go into labor. So my due date was this December 13th. So I was like, oh, I'll probably go into labor in the next couple of days. So I'm just going to like, I was like, okay, I'm logging off. Like just preparing to kind of have the next, you know, week or so to myself being able to enjoy the last couple of days with just me and Nick. And then like, obviously the day I go into labor and like afterwards, I knew I wanted to just kind of be off of it. And it turned into a much longer break than I suspected because I ended up going like two weeks overdue basically. So every day me and Nick would be like, this is our last night, just me. We'd be like gone a nice date. And then the next day I'm still not in labor. I'm like, okay, so this break is going longer than I thought. Um, but it was so nice. Like I had two weeks basically where I was off without a child. And then it was nice to kind of like go into labor and have that like on Christmas. And then the next couple of days afterwards to just like have a break, 
not worry about anything. Also, I did finished all my work so that I could have time where I wasn't worried about, you know, posting anything. And we had done all of our podcast episodes, which was actually so nice. Yes. To have them kind of prepped and stuff. So it was a great month of just relaxing and being like home and the holidays. And, you know, obviously we had family come after the baby was born and stuff. So it was good to just chill and yeah. not be like bombarded with social media. And even now I have, I haven't been able to get on as much just because I'm like so busy. And even when I breastfeeding, sometimes I don't have, it's like almost hard to do social media with one hand. I don't realize that like I use my, both hands for my phone a lot. Yeah. That's uh, especially true. when your phone is massive. Like ours yeah. are. But Wait, anyways. did you get your new phone yet? Or no. not yet? Okay. No, it's coming soon. So I got my earwax removed. <laughs> um, if you saw my TikTok, my left ear has been clogged for legitimately a month. Like every morning when I wake up, I can't hear out of it. I mean, I can, but it's just like very muffled. And it's been bothering me so much. And I was like, I need to get Would like, you like try and get it out on your own? Like with no. Q-tips? Oh. So I've heard to not ever use mm-hmm. a Q-tip, period, yeah. in your ear. Like, because it only yeah, pushes things further. Like, it doesn't help. So for that reason, I almost didn't want to do it even more. Because yeah. I'm like, I feel like I'm just going to make Push it so it much in. worse. So I wasn't really, yeah, doing anything um, This is making my ears feel like <laughs> just disgusting Clogged. right now. Yeah. So I went to an ear, nose, and throat doctor. I literally called. I was like, can I come in ASAP? And the girl was like, yeah, like, we do um, that, whatever. Get rid of earwax. You can come in tomorrow. So I came in and literally he removed a chunk of, I swear you guys, it was as hard as a rock. And it was like the size of like a marble. <gasps> Just came out of my ear. It was the most satisfying thing. But my ear's been kind of achy ever since it happened. It literally, like, as I record this, I just got it done a few hours ago. So um, he said it should be feeling normal tomorrow, but it, it does kind of like give you maybe a little bit of an earache or something. Anyway, so that's my most recent and clear. update, but it feels really good and I can hear everything. Did they say how that happens? He said some people just have more earwax than others and mm-hmm. like it builds up and it's healthy to have earwax because it protects your ears and your eardrums and stuff. But like my right ear, he took out a tiny bit, but he's like, you're, that's pretty good. Yeah. But um, he said that some people come in every six months routinely or once a year routinely to just get their ears like... Because they have a ton. Yeah, just to clear it out and so you can hear better and it's just a little more oh like gosh. sanit or like healthy. I don't know. So My ears are like itching now. Yeah, it was quite the experience. And I was like, wow, I kind of want to do this once a year. Like yeah. it felt, it was very satisfying. You know what I want to do is, you know, I, I have like this baby nose, like mucus sucker. Yeah. I just thought about I need to do that to myself. Like how satisfying would that be to like suck the mucus out of your nose? I that mean, would be nice. Case literally hates it, but I feel like I would love it. You yeah, know, when get people get a nose out. job and then they yes. pull out that big thing. Like, I feel like I probably have one of those at all times. True. That I need to just. I think also I could be wrong, but I think like having more earwax and stuff can cause like congestion and like uh, um, I think it can like make you yeah. sick a little bit. I could I'm be sure. completely wrong on that, but. Anyway, wow. really quick, I'll just say that we went to Joshua Tree for my birthday weekend. Oh, yeah. You didn't even... Oh, you kind of talked about your birthday on last episode. Um, yeah. I hadn't, it hadn't that happened that was before, yet. yeah. Um, but Leif and I went. And then the last night, Beth and James actually came and met us. It was their anniversary, which wasn't planned. We just like decided last minute because the place we were staying was so pretty and it was like big, had two bedrooms. And so Beth and I were texting. I was like, if you guys want, like, you can come stay here for How a How long of us. a drive is it, like, from here? It's, like, two hours with no traffic. Oh. But it could be, like, two hours and 45 minutes. 
And Leif rented a Tesla for my birthday weekend. So we drove there in a Tesla because um, we've been looking to get a second car for like so long. And um, we've been thinking about getting one. It was so nice. And I am shocked at how it can literally drive itself. Yeah, like I it's know terrifying. Tesla drivers out there are like, yeah, you're a couple years too, like not too late, but this is something I've never, I've never driven in a Tesla, period. Oh, really? Never even sat in one. So wow. I was shook. It's so nice. Anyway, I don't know if we're going to get one or anything, but it was just a fun experience. It is kind of crazy. Like my father-in-law has one. And one time he was taking us to the airport and I was trying to show them like a photo or something. And he full on like kind of turned around and was able to like look at the phone. And at first I was like, wait, what are you doing? Yeah. You're driving. And then I remembered that he has a Tesla and it was literally driving itself. Literally like, driving itself. It seems so safe. And just like there were so many things about it that I loved. Um, they have a dog feature. Yeah. You can leave your dog in there. And and also like when you charge it, you can like watch Hulu yeah. or Netflix or anything. So we like stopped once to charge it for 15 minutes. We were like eating Chipotle and like watching literally Netflix. And I'm yeah, like, this is so nice. So nice. So, which kind was, was it? Fun. Do you know? Like which model? <sighs> I don't want to get this wrong. I think it was the model Y. Okay. But it I could be know. the model X. Is it Whichever like one's smaller. Oh, okay. it's, it's not the huge SUV with the doors that pop I up. I think that's maybe the Y. I don't know. I, I, don't I can't really remember, know. but I think it's the why. Yeah. But yeah, so the birthday weekend was super fun. And I feel like there's so now much you're more a year I could older. Say, but yeah. Happy Have you ever figured out what time of birth no. you are? No. <laughs> Mom, please. Jilly, come on. Call the she, hospital. Everyone's like, it's on your birth certificate. I'm like, I don't think it is, number one. And also, I don't know where it is. Didn't you look one time? Because you called yeah, me, you were home yeah. and you're like, it's not on That's here. That's what I think I remember. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I did look on the birth certificate. It never said it. Yeah. So I still don't know my true astrology, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for all that matters here. is the sun. Okay. Hold on, everyone. Do you guys want to hear something actually kind of crazy? If it weren't for this company, BFB Hair, which was founded by my friend Amber Fillerup, I might not know Beth, okay? I just made this connection because a few years ago, I went on a trip with Amber, Tessa, a few other people for BFB Hair to promote for their extensions and to like do our hair in all these cool ways in Europe. And that is how Beth, those photos is how Beth found my account and she followed me. And then she became my assistant like a year later. How crazy is that? So thank you, BFB Hair, for introducing me to my wonderful friend and assistant. I can't really thank you enough. So like I mentioned, BFB Hair is an Arizona-based hair extension company. I've used the extensions. Chelsea has used their fill-ins and their classic set. They are such great quality and we absolutely love them. So they have a quiz on their website to make shopping for extensions online as streamlined and easy as possible. Basically, as a customer, you can just quickly answer a few questions and get a personalized product recommendation, which is amazing. They also have a color match kit, so you can order customized color match kits with three to five sample wefts of hair in order to narrow down the best shade for you. And if you still need a little bit of extra help, BFB has an amazing team of experts that are available for in-person consultations if you're an Arizona local, uh, Zoom calls, or via email or DMs. So buying extensions online doesn't have to be intimidating. They are super, super helpful. So they offer a wide range of products in a variety of shades to suit many different needs. They have classic sets, like I mentioned, for amazing length, fill-ins for mega volume. So if you have shorter hair, but you just want more volume, the fill-ins are amazing. And then they have the up, which is for updos. So genius. All available in 23 shades and growing. They also recently branched out and they're offering some apparel and cute merchandise. 
If you guys are interested in some extensions for length, volume, anything, we highly recommend. And you guys can follow them on Instagram at bfbhair or bfb.academy for educational resources, helpful videos, and hair extension tutorials. So you guys can get 15% off all products using code what we said at checkout. Some exclusions may apply. That's code what we said at checkout for 15% off. You guys will love it. Okay, I just recently talked about how one of my favorite hobbies is sitting in my car, doing nothing, maybe being on my phone, getting a drink, whatever. Something you can do if you also love just sitting in the car, taking a moment to yourself is download the game Best Fiends. Okay, it's free to download. It's just a fun little game. It's a like a puzzle game, okay? It's very easy. You catch on very quickly and you kind of can't put it down. Like the first time I downloaded it, I was just like flying through the levels. I think right now I'm on level like 25 or something and it you can get to the next level pretty quick. So it's really fun. It has 100 million downloads and it's a game more for grownups, you know, not kids. Like it has these cute little characters and stuff, but we love an adult puzzle game that still brings that nostalgia, you know, of the cute little fun characters and the missions that you have to complete. So whether you have a few minutes or a few hours, it's the perfect puzzle game to lose yourself in because you're just having so much fun and time flies when you're having fun. The game features a ton of cute characters that help you solve thousands of fun puzzles. The more you play, the more characters you collect and the more you win, the more challenges you face. New characters and challenging puzzles are added all the time and there are tons of fun events where you can win huge rewards in the game. There are thousands of levels, so you can literally play as long as you want. You're never going to get bored. Trust me on that. And I feel like puzzle games like do something for your brain. You know, you're not just like rotting away. You're like solving a little puzzle and passing the time. Win-win. So you guys can download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Check it out. Do you want me to talk about the Instagram thing? I feel like I've been talking for a while now. No, go for it. I want to hear about it because I also don't really know like how long I have, I have questions. <laughs> you have questions that need to be answered. Yeah. So I deleted my Instagram app, not my whole account, but my app off my phone before the new year started. So like, I think it was December 28th or something or 27th. No. Yeah. Something like that. So I haven't had Instagram as we're speaking now for like weeks. And the reasoning, I'm like, this is like, I don't even know how to begin because I didn't plan to do this. Like, I thought I would take a little social media break. Last year, I deleted Instagram also for like a a week just to start the new year off fresh. I just had this like moment where I was like, okay. Screw this. Instagram, truly, I don't, I need to take responsibility for my own actions. So I don't want to say Instagram makes me unhappy or like is bad for my mental health, but I let it just control too much of my emotions. Whenever I get on, I feel like it's such a waste of time. Like, it's just a time suck for me. Like, I get on, I'm scrolling all the time. So much of my routine is just scrolling mindlessly when I'm at the grocery store Mm -hmm. in line to check out, when I'm sitting in the car and Leif's driving, I'm scrolling. Like, basically, I was just like, I just want to delete this. Again, kind of, I kind of thought what I I was going to do what I did last year. I was like, I want to delete this for a few days or for like a week just to start off the new year. And after like a week without it, I was like, I am thriving. I feel so happy. I feel so light. I feel so excited about things. I love TikTok. And that's, it's not that I'm like trying to replace my uh, addiction with TikTok, but it's just that TikTok actually isn't so bad for my my mental health at this point. A little more like lighthearted maybe. Yeah. It makes me laugh. I learn things on there. It's fun for me. I love making TikToks. I love watching them. So 
I never get on there and then get off and I'm like, oh, I feel really bad. Like I just am always like, oh, that was fun. Sometimes I feel like I wasted a little too yeah. much time. But this is what I was saying to Leif. The difference between the two is that TikTok is more of a commitment. I'm not going to just be in the grocery store watching TikToks. No, no, It's like, no. what? You have, to have, you have to have like uh, privacy almost. Yes. Like I have to sit down and like watch videos. I'm not going to, even if I'm in the car with Leif, I'm not really going to be scrolling TikTok because it's like loud. It's just like video when, when you're with friends too. No. It's not like, unless everyone's scrolling TikTok, it's not like you're just going to be scrolling. Exactly. So I realized that that was the difference. I realized now that when I listen to podcasts, I'll also be on Instagram scrolling while I'm listening mm-hmm. to the podcast. And now I can't simultaneously do things with TikTok because it takes more of my attention. So that to me is a good thing because I'm yeah. like, I can't multitask with it, which is anyway, I've just realized how addicted I am to it. And it's crazy and how much it affects me. I also think having it be such a huge part of my job, I've felt so like I feel like I have to constantly be updating everyone on my stories all day what I'm doing. And I've realized now just how much happier I am without that pressure, I guess. It's not even that I don't, like I still, the funny thing is I still take photos throughout my day. I could have stories every single day. Like I still take the photos, but it's been so nice not to feel pressured that I have to post any of them. Like when we were in Joshua Tree, I took tons of photos. Like I took tons of film photos and I'm like, it kind of is just nice that like, I have these photos and I don't need like, yeah, maybe I'll post them one day or something, but it's like, I don't know. It's just been really nice. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know And when you take away the pressure of like the fact that you have to take photos, like I'm sure this is how you even felt of like, oh, I'm not, this is how I felt on my break. It's like, I was taking almost more photos because because I was excited about it. Yeah. And I was having all these great ideas of like fun stories I could do. And I was like, wait, I'm not even like posting and now I'm having the most inspiration I've ever had exactly. when I finally allow myself to like not be pressured. Yeah. Yeah. And numbed. So it's hard because it's such a massive part of my job. Like Instagram is literally my number one income. So it's I not saying goodbye forever. Although I've literally thought about it. Yeah. Like I have had real moments of being like, I don't think I ever want to get Instagram back. But the reality is I already have commitments Yeah, that I have to get it back for. So... Like I have brand deals that have already been planned for months. I have partnerships with brands that last six months that started only one month ago. Like I I can't just like get rid of it completely. But I think that I will have a much healthier relationship with it yeah. now regardless. I think it's so nice now because it's not a habit for me. Even after I've had it, I haven't had it for over two weeks. So it's not a habit for me now yeah. to scroll all the time. Because like, And I do have access to it on my work phone, which that's actually been coming in really handy. I haven't really used the work phone up until now, but I do have the Instagram app on the work phone for what we said so that I can post on the feed because I run the feed still. And that's been nice because then when I get on there like two times a week, I will watch Chelsea's stories. Yeah. Which is like nice because then I feel like I'm, I mean, I'm I'm already updated on your life because I talk to you every day, but yeah, it's like fun to see your photos and stuff. But I'm like, I need to add the what we said to my close friends then. Yes, you should. Because I don't like, yeah, you really should because it's just nice. I'm like, and then I've even had a thought. I'm like, maybe I would just create like a little Instagram and literally only follow like 10 people, like my closest friends so that I could keep updated because I have had moments of severe FOMO. Like sometimes when I'll get back on, I'll literally find Severe. out like all of these things. Like <laughs> yeah. my friend texted me recently. She's like, hey, like I, I know you, like 
she saw that I didn't view the close friend story or something, but she's like, me and my boyfriend broke up and like I posted about it on there. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, it's like news. I'm like missing out on all these like <laughs> things because I don't have Instagram. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to put boundaries in place sometimes. Yeah. And I think it's good just to answer a question that I've been getting recently. Number one, I don't know how long I'll be gone. I do have some more brand stuff that I have to post even like this month. And number two, I'm taking a little break from YouTube because I haven't posted yet in the new year, but I'm still planning on doing YouTube. And I have some videos that I like want to record and I'm excited to vlog again. So definitely you'll see more of me on YouTube for people asking, but... And TikTok. Oh, yes. TikTok is the number one. Yeah. That's the thing. That's my main priority and the podcast because those are the two things that make me the happiest and yeah. that I think are so fun. So definitely follow me on TikTok if you want to keep like updated day to day. But yeah, that's the status with YouTube and Instagram. Also, you can't do everything well. No. That's what I've learned. And if you try to, you'll legitimately run yourself to the ground. So I have, like, people will message me. They're like, no, like, I'm so sad about, like, Instagram. Yeah. And, like, sometimes I let that get to me. I'm like, oh, I feel bad. Like, people, like, love to watch my stories. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like, I cannot, again, like, be everything to everyone. Like, I need yeah. to prioritize what is fun and what makes me happy. And, like, again, maybe I'll... Just come back to Instagram with such a better mindset and it'll yeah. be great. But at this moment, I'm just like loving life without it. So I was going to say, it's kind of like a breakup where, you know, sometimes you just need a little space and then you yeah. can come back together when both of you are at a better place yes. mentally. <laughs> you know, when Instagram fixes our algorithm and everything's back to normal. I know. I'm like literally hits 100K on YouTube and then Instagram goes back to chronological. I'm like, I'm taking a break from both. <laughs> like self sabotage is my career. No, I feel the same Stay way tuned. with Instagram sometimes. Even when I was super sick and I wasn't on Instagram, for a long time, like, and I wasn't posting anything. I felt like when I just allowed myself to post a lot when I felt like posting a lot. Yeah. And I don't have to post if I don't want to be posting. Yeah. Th just like releasing that pressure from yourself just makes you happier. And also, I feel like I just always had better ideas. And like, yes. I would actually be motivated to and inspired to post beautiful things or to like take photos or like to go and, you know, I don't know, create something. Exactly. And even this, like Beth and I just had like a long work meeting yesterday. And I was saying, I'm like, my new goal with like this new year too, as far as like a work model is like, have two days out of the week that I shoot stuff and pretty much every single other day. Yeah. I don't want anything on the calendar. And the reason for that is I will then have good ideas and be excited to shoot TikToks and do 100%. fun things. That will be good content because the second it's, you have to shoot this, you have to do this, it starts becoming not fun. Mm -hmm. But when I was telling her, I'm like, if you give me like three, two to three free days, quote unquote, they will not be free because I'll yeah. be working the entire time, but it will feel more fun. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's just like the way to go. Definitely. So, yeah. Anyway, that's like my big... My big life update, but nice. I'm ready for the birth story. I'm ready to hear all the deets. I was going to say, I, I feel like I haven't told you everything in depth because I did talk to you like pretty much immediately after. So you yeah. got like probably my most fresh memories of it. Yeah. But I don't know if I went into like full detail with you, which is good. Which yeah. Is, you know. Yeah. I'm going to learn, I'm gonna learn you, lots of new things. You know, ask, feel free to ask questions. Okay. And it's so crazy because I want to preface this by saying I wrote this down and I tried to tell as many people in depth as possible right after because I always heard that you forget like about birth and pregnancy very fast. Like something in the woman's mind just like 
wipes your memory clear of like all the pain and agony yeah. so that you have more children. Because literally like the day after I gave birth, this is a fast forward moment. I was in the bathroom at the hospital and I was could hear through the vents another girl in labor. Like I could hear her being like moaning or something. Like yeah. just triggering. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is wild that like, first of all, people are doing this every day all the time. Like, yeah. and it's just so crazy. Like people are giving birth as we speak. Yes. And I, also I was thinking, I'm not doing this again. Like this is just too crazy. Like, I don't think I can do this again, at least for another like five years. Like you're telling me if I want another kid in two years, I have to like do this all again. That's yeah. crazy. But now literally it's been 18 days since I've given birth. And even now I'm like, I could do that again. Like, like soon, you know, not soon, soon. Yeah. Still probably years, but yeah. at the same time, I feel like it's just, and I always hear people say that, like, you just forget. Cause yeah. I, I was thinking like, mom, how did you do this six times? You're pregnant six times. You gave birth six times. That's crazy. It's crazy. And girls have freaking so many kids. Anyways. Yeah. So I wrote it down pretty soon after. So this is like a pretty clear recollection. And then I also asked on my Instagram, like just for specific questions about the birth, um, like what people want to know. Yeah. And I'll get to those like later, kind of as they come in the story, but I'm going to try and keep this brief. So here we go. So first of all, like I said, my, my due date was December 13th and... Pretty much I was under the impression, I feel like all of us were under the impression that like I was going to have him on the 13th somehow. Or in my early. Mind. Yeah. Or like before that or like a day after or something like that. I think we made guesses too that yeah. he was going to be like the 15th. I'm like, he'll probably be late the 15th, like two days. Yeah. But what I learned is that due dates are very, it's like a due month. Basically you have a due month where you could be two weeks. You could have a baby from 38 weeks to 42 weeks. That's pretty much like full term. Some women go a little bit longer than 42 weeks, but like majority of women will have go into labor within that time frame. Mm -hmm. So your due date is smack in the middle of that. So it's like literally so unlikely for you to have your baby on that day if you just are planning on going into, you know, you're not getting induced or anything like that. So the weeks up coming up to labor, I kept thinking or to my due date, sorry, I kept thinking like, okay, I want it to be like on the 13th. Like I'm so done being pregnant. Like when you're, I feel like the nine months hits, that's when your stomach, you're just feeling swollen. Everything's just like, okay, he's it's too heavy. It's too much. Like, let's get this done with. I've been pregnant for too long. Yeah. And so I was very looking forward to having the child. And I also was terrified to have the child because I'm like, okay, the day is coming. Like when you, when you become pregnant, it's like, okay, you know, someday. someday. Yeah. <laughs> but it seems so far away that like you'll actually have to push the child out of you or the child will have to come out of you some way. Yes. And so as, as it was approaching, I started kind of freaking out about, I knew from the time that I started, that I knew I was pregnant, I knew I wanted to do an unmedicated birth. And so I kind of had made that commitment to myself very early on. But as it got closer, I was like, oh wait, I'm like actually having to do this. This is not like just something I can maybe detach from and then just hope for the best. Some women do, that's totally fine. But I wanted to be more prepared. Yeah. So I took this, it's called pain-free birth course. Um, and it's, it's by- Did it work? Yeah. <laughs> I'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer, it did not. No, it did. It helped so much. I, I wouldn't say, yeah, anyways, I'll get into, I'll get into the, <laughs> uh, the true test later, but it was a really 
amazing course because it was a little bit more spiritual based. So basically she was saying at the beginning of the course, which again, I had a lot of anxiety going into labor. And I want you guys to know this because I used to listen to birth stories or I used to see women giving birth. And I'm like, that's not me. Like I'm not that kind of like woman who's fascinated by birth, who likes to see women, other women giving birth. Like I want you guys to know, I literally passed out watching a video of a birth in high school. I literally passed out in my class. And I am very medically anxious, I would say. Like, I hate the doctor's office. I get a lot of anxiety surrounding doctor's appointments, surrounding, like, gynecology appointments. I get very faint and squeamish. Like, I can't look at blood. Like, it does not... I'm not one of those girls. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. You know who I'm... You know? Yeah. So... I obviously had anxiety going into probably one of the biggest medical things I was ever going to do and just like the hospital and all that stuff. And there's so many different aspects to birth that I was so scared of tearing. I was like petrified to poop on the table. Like I was petrified of- during birth? Yeah. Yeah. Of the ring of fire that everyone talks about and how long it was going to take and contractions. And I wanted to know how bad it hurt. Like I kept asking my mom, like, okay, how bad is it really? What does it feel like? Like, I just wanted to know so I could feel like as prepared as possible. And so I watched this course and I was, that's what I was kind of looking for. Like, I just wanted to be super prepared. And she was saying at the very beginning, like, whether you believe in God or you believe in like evolution, you have to understand that your body was literally made perfectly to do this, Mm -hmm. to give birth. Like, if you believe in evolution, then how could like millions of years or however long your body has evolved to have like the perfect mechanisms to give birth, basically. Like you, it's taken all this time. It's like evolved to perfection, basically. Or if you believe in God, like why would he make something that you couldn't do to like, you know, procreate, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I was like, oh, that's very comforting. You know, whatever way you believe that, you know, you you tell yourself or you see things like, you know, women's bodies were made for this, but actually like, It It knows what it's doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it talked all about the anatomy of women and like how birth happens and things I didn't even know. I knew nothing about birth. I knew nothing about how it happened. Knew nothing about labor, the stages of labor. Didn't even know what contractions were for. You know, all I knew is that you, it hurts and you push the baby out and you have the kid. (laughs) And so the course was great. She talked about like breathing methods. She talked about, you know, feeling excited, not bracing yourself for the next contraction, but like breathing through them and like relaxing and, you know, all this stuff. So I felt really good after I watched that going into labor, knowing I was not going to have like a medicated labor. So when I finally started feeling contractions was actually, we were watching the Suns game at your house, mm-hmm. like the 23rd. This was the night of the, of December 23rd. By mm-hmm. this time I was four weeks and five days and I was going to be induced on the 26th. Four weeks and five days. What do you mean? Or sorry, 42 weeks or okay. 41 weeks and five days Okay, along. And I had to have the baby by 42 weeks. Otherwise I like opted out of my midwifery care basically. So they had an induction date where I was going to go in on the 25th and get this like balloon that they put up me to like start my contractions. And then if that didn't work, they were going to actually induce me on the 26th. And I was terrified to get induced just because I didn't like know what it was like. And it was just very unknown to me. And I wanted to start naturally. Like I just wanted to start on my own. Mm -hmm. And so the night of the 23rd, we were watching the Suns game. And I started feeling like I was going to start my period. Like I started feeling crampy. I remember remember you saying that that at the very end. Like you're like, 
I said something else like, this might be the last time I see you without the baby or something. And you're like, oh, I am feeling crampy. Yeah. It was so weird because I literally, it felt exactly like I was going to start my period. Mm. And then I remembered that I was pregnant and I was not going to have a period. And so I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. Like I'm feeling crampy. And then earlier that day, I'd lost my mucus plug. So again, if you don't like like body (laughs) stuff, get off now. But mucus plug is something that sits in between your cervix, I believe, and the opening of your vagina that blocks anything from like coming out or like infections from going in Mm -hmm. kind of. So it's just mucus. That's exactly what it is. And when you start to dilate, the mucus plug falls out. So that's how some women know like, oh, I'm dilating. Maybe I'll go into labor soon. It's Mm -hmm. not for sure. You could lose it like two weeks before you go into labor. Mm. But I lost it that day. And I was like, oh my gosh, like- Maybe that's a sign. Yeah. And then I was crampy that night. And when I went home from the Suns game, within an hour- I started having no longer like just a dull, achy period cramp feeling. It started coming in waves of like, okay, this feels like a bad period cramp. And then it would go away. And then it would come back. And then it would go away. And it would happen like every 20 minutes. And I'm like, okay, this is labor, I think. Yeah. <laughs> this is like contractions. So there's many stages of labor. But I was like, okay, so I'll probably have these all night. And I can just go to sleep and then I'll wake up and whatever. But pretty quickly within like two hours my contraction then went from every 20 minutes to every five minutes. And usually they say that like 20 minutes in between last for hours. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm progressing so fast. Like I'm going to have this baby literally like this morning. So I called my midwife and I was like, hey, I'm having contractions. Now they're like four or five minutes apart and they're like, you know, kind of getting stronger. And I feel like it's progressing pretty quickly. And she was like, okay. She was like, really try to sleep. Take a Benadryl, maybe take a Tylenol tried to go to sleep while you have these contractions, like while it's early because uh, labor is a marathon. And she like kind of stressed that. And I was like, okay, did not sleep at all. I literally- On purpose or you just couldn't? I just couldn't. Like I would wake up every five minutes. We were timing the contractions on like an app. Yeah. And I would fall asleep and then I would wake up to my contraction because it would hurt. Right. So I'd be like, okay, I wake up, try and breathe through it. And then I would go back to sleep. And because I had taken the bender, I would like knock out for five minutes, but then I'd get like woken up to the pain. Oh gosh. And so I did that for probably like an hour where I was like asleep for five minutes, woke up and it was getting later on into the night. And so it was like 2 a.m. at this point. This is Christmas Eve morning, 2 a.m. And I text my mom and I'm like, hey, I think I'm going into labor, like no rush. Cause my mom is in Arizona and she was going to drive out and try and meet us there and try and be there by the time I gave birth. And I was like, no rush. Like whenever you see this, just take your time because I don't know how long this is going to take. I could literally have, I was literally thinking I was going to have the baby at like 10 a.m. that morning. So I was like, you know, whatever. So I think at this point it was like 4 a.m. and I was still kind of going through these contractions at home. And I was like, okay, when should I go to the hospital? Because you're supposed to go and they're about two minutes apart and they're about a minute long. And so it was kind of getting, I felt like that. But also I think when it's your first time, you're not sure. Like I just wasn't sure about anything. I'm like, is this mean I'm going to start pushing in 10 minutes? Right. Like, am I going to wake up and I'm going to like start pushing out my baby? Yeah. And so I text my doula and pretty much was just like, okay, I'm going to head to the hospital in like an hour. So by that time it was like 5 a.m. And we were like trying to get Sophia in daycare. And so by the time we got to the hospital, I was having pretty intense contractions, what I thought were intense contractions that I could easily breathe through. I, I would like to describe those early contractions as just really bad period cramps. Yeah. But you have a break. You do have like a couple minutes of a break yeah. and then they come. 
you know, it's a new year, but a lot of us are still facing the same problems that we were. It's only been a few weeks of the new year. And when you're mentally not in a good headspace or if there's just something like interfering with your happiness or preventing you from reaching your goals, it can be really hard to move forward in a positive way. And that's why we love our sponsor, BetterHelp. So BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You connect in a safe and private online environment. It's super convenient and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You can send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And this is all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, which is personally my favorite part. So BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed, which is also super important. You want to find someone that's a great match for you. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can find the particular expertise you need online. Don't limit yourself to the counselors located near you. The licensed professional counselors are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, self-esteem, grief, and so much more. Anything you share is going to be confidential. It's convenient. It's professional, affordable. You guys can check out the testimonials posted daily on their site if you need some more convincing. But again, it is not a crisis line. We want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you will get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash what we said. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash what we said. You know what's hard is getting in your daily amounts of fruit and veggies. You have to be like so intentional to do this and it can be a challenge. So that's why we love Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest is the easiest way to get more fruits and veggies into our day every day. They have your back with delicious food that's good for you and good for the planet. So Daily Harvest delivers delicious harvest bowls, flatbreads, smoothies, and more all built on organic fruits and vegetables right to your door and it conveniently stays fresh in your freezer. Their broccoli and cheese harvest bowl is so good. They have this like sweet potato bowl that's amazing. And something I've been eyeing that I haven't tried yet but looks delicious is tomato and zucchini minestrone soup. Especially when things start getting colder or chillier in the winter, I literally want soup all the time. Daily Harvest takes minutes to prepare and never uses preservatives, added sugar, or artificial anything, and that goes for everything. You know, I was always skeptical about ingredients, and I literally looked in the back of some of my Daily Harvest stuff a little while ago because I was like, okay, they say they use all clean ingredients, and I was shocked at truly how clean the ingredients are in this food. It's really amazing. They have so many delicious options for every time of day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, or snack. They've got you covered. I like their little like harvest bowls and stuff because literally you just put them in a pan and just cook them for a few minutes and they're done. You literally have to do nothing. Daily Harvest is all about preserving and protecting the earth for current and future generations to come. So from their recyclable and compostable packaging to investing in organic farming practices and reducing food waste, you can feel good about the choices you are making physically and for the environment. Daily Harvest makes it easy to feel good about what I'm doing for myself and the planet. Go to dailyharvest.com slash what we said to get up to $40 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com slash what we said for up to $40 off your first box, dailyharvest.com slash what we said. And so we got to the hospital at like 6 a.m. And I'm thinking I'm literally going to go in there and like have the baby in like two hours. Like this is happening so fast, whatever. And my doula gets there and my mom texts me. She's like, hey, I woke up at like 4 a.m. to your text. And I just like started driving. I'll be there at like 10 or 11. 
And so they check me in and they bring me back there. And they have to actually, I, I had my birth at a birthing suite. It's different than a hospital. This one was like connected to a hospital. So if I needed to like get transferred for some reason, it was very easy. So I go to the birthing suite and my midwife was there. And actually I had a group of midwives. So with, I don't know if this is how all midwife groups are, but um, I didn't have a specific one that was like, you know, my midwife. It was just kind of whoever was on call and I had already met all of them. So I go back there and I have to, they have to hook you up and just like monitor you for, it's called an NST, a non-stress test, where you see pregnant women with like that band on their belly. Mm -hmm. It monitors, actually can show you your contractions, which is really cool. Like it will, on a chart and it shows like the baby's heart rate with the contractions. And then they check how dilated you are. So for those of you who don't know, um, when you're 10 centimeters dilated is when the baby's coming out. So that's where you want to, usually in the first stages of labor, you, you're like a one, two, I think like a four or five. And then the next stage, you're like a six to an eight. And then from like eight to 10, you're like pushing basically. So I was thinking I was literally at a six at this point. I'm like, okay, my contractions are close together. Like they're, they're not fun. Yeah. They're hurting. I'm probably at like a six. And she was like, okay, so you're at a two right now. And I was like, okay, I was literally laboring all night and only had two, like it's been so long. And she was like, so you can either stay here and labor here we can check you into your room or you can go home and labor where you might be more comfortable. You know, you can take a shower, you can just like relax, maybe watch a movie or something. And I was kind of disappointed. I was like, dang, like that sucks. I'm only at a two. But I decided to go home because my doula was going to meet me there and my mom could meet me there at home. So I was like, okay, I'll just go home and take a hot shower. Then we get a text from our landlord that she's like, sorry, the hot water's down today. Like we, we don't have hot water. So one day. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So we come back and I'm just like bouncing on the ball. Like my doula is timing my contractions. And I labored at home for like another six hours, tried to watch a movie, tried to relax a little bit. And at this point, the contractions were getting more intense, but I was still able to like breathe through them. Like I was still able to relax. They weren't too crazy, um, just kind of like low moan through them. And so we went back at like 2 p.m. on Christmas Eve to the hospital because my doula was like, okay, now your contractions are like a minute and a half long and they're two minutes apart. Like you're probably pretty, you know, far along. So we go back and she checks me at like 3 p.m. I was in there for like an hour before my midwife came in and I was only at three centimeters dilated. Goodbye. So it had been like seven hours and I had only dilated one centimeter. I was like so disappointed and I was just like, I kept asking my mom and my doula, like, is this normal? Am I taking a long time? Like, I feel like I'm behind. I feel like I'm like doing something wrong. And they're like, no, just just keep going. Just keep laboring. And also I'm like, this is only a three. I have to get to a 10. And I'm already like in pain or just like not enjoying this. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> I continued to labor. They brought me in like a nice tub. I filled it up with warm water. I took like a hot shower with Nick. Nick was being like the sweetest, like most supportive husband, like birth partner ever. I was a little worried he was going to be a little anxious during it because he can kind of be like a worrier sometimes. But he was literally so good. Like I, he didn't even take a class on it or anything. Like my midwife was like, this boy is like so sweet and like so good and um, like so supportive. And he was like letting me like lean on him with every contraction. He was like grabbing my back, like pouring water on me. Like when we went into the shower, he was like just like pouring water on my stomach and stuff. And it felt so good. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I love you so much. Like you're being <laughs> so, so sweet. 
and it helped so much. And I'm really not like a touch person. Obviously, we know that we we don't hug. Like, yeah, I'm not that touchy. We as in me and Chelsea, not her and Nick. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> never we hugged. <laughs> we've never hugged, <laughs> never kissed, and it surprised me how much I wanted like physical support during labor. Mm. Every single contraction I had, pretty much someone was like touching me and like comforting me, and I wanted that. Like my doula would either like play with my hair, like. do like a hip squeeze or, you know, rub my lower back or something. And it shocked me because I was like, this is not usually who I am. But like during this, like having that like support team, like Nick, my doula, my mom, they were all in there was so important to me. Like I feel like I would not have been able to do it without them because it was just long and I was getting tired and, you know, I could just lean on them. And so I think it was about like 8 p.m. at this point. So another six hours had gone by. And I'm Bye-bye. still laboring. And my my contractions are getting intense. And they never like stop. Like it's just always like one minute apart. Yeah, sometimes For they literally do stop. that long. Yeah. So the thing, the tricky part is I was absolutely exhausted by this point. It was 8 p.m. So it'd been like 24 hours plus. I'd, yeah. I'd been in labor at this point for 24 hours from the time I started feeling crampy. Yeah. And I hadn't slept since two nights before that. So I was exhausted. I had taken a Benadryl, mind you, and I'd never been able to sleep. And the Benadryl was horrible. I hadn't taken Benadryl in like so long. And so, you know, when you take a Benadryl and you're just like, your eyes, just everything. And I was to the point, I read that like, you'll get to a point where you don't care about anything. Like, I'm just walking around the hospital room completely naked. I don't care who (laughs) comes in. Like, I don't care what I look like. I'm literally like... I think it was about 7 p.m. and I I had to throw up because my contractions were getting intense and I was like literally sitting on the toilet peeing and throwing up at the same time. Nick's like holding the bag for me and I'm like, I do not care at this point. Like what I look like, like anything. Who sees anything? My midwife had come in and like checked on me periodically. Like she was amazing. And yeah, it was about 8 p.m. And she comes in and she checks me again. And I'm like, please be at like six or seven. Like, come on. Like I have to be getting close. And also, mind you, it's Christmas Eve. And I want I didn't want my kid to have a Christmas birthday because I just thought that that would be not fun for him because I'm like, first of all, you're competing with Jesus. Like, you'll never win. <laughs> and I just didn't want him to have a Christmas birthday. I had said that on the podcast too. I'm like, well, hopefully it's just not Christmas. This whole time I'm like, yeah. just not Christmas. Just not Christmas, the one day we're trying to avoid. Yeah, and so I'm like, oh, for sure having, like he's a Christmas Eve baby, you know? But it was 8 p.m. So I'm like, uh, time's a crunch. You yeah. Know, t- it's crunch time. So she comes and checks me and she's like, okay, so you're at four centimeters. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So one centimeter every seven hours, she basically is saying. She's like, so we could, mind you, I had told her I didn't want any medications. I didn't want any interventions. interventions. Yeah. And so she was like, here's what we can do. His head is still not low enough. So we need to maybe do a couple other positions and see if we can get his head lower. Maybe that will help dilate you even more. Or I can break your water and we can see how that goes. But I just want you to know if I break your water that it will get way more intense. Like your contractions will instantly pretty much get really intense. And I was like, they get worse than this. (laughs) Like at that point, I was exhausted. This is the moment that the course told me about, I read about in all my research that when, especially if you're doing unmedicated, like you'll get to a point where it's like, you think to yourself, I can't do it. Like, give me pain meds. Give me whatever. Like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And I was so exhausted, like mentally, physically. I was just like, I'm done. Like, I cannot like do this anymore. Like, it was so, I just wanted to take a nap. Like, I just wanted to stop. 
And the thing is, you don't want it to stop because that means like your failure to progress or whatever, mm-hmm. which means like your labor starts, you might have to start over. So part of me was like, oh my gosh, like I kind of wanted to like stop just to give me a break for a little bit. Yeah. But at the same time, I wanted to go, go, go. And so I asked my midwife if she could just like leave for a second. I just wanted to talk to my mom and like, and Nick and my doula and like ask them. Cause I didn't really know what like breaking your water was. Even mm-hmm. I know like in movies, you'll see them, they're like in the grocery store and their water breaks, but women's water actually doesn't break that often on their own. Not like before labor. A lot of times like it will, they'll either have to break it or it breaks on its own like way later in labor. Mm-hmm. Very rare that that's like the first sign of labor. So I asked my mom, my mom was like, I always had to get my water broken. She's like, it doesn't hurt, but like it does make things more intense. And I was just like having so much anxiety because I was like, I'm fine for things to happen naturally. Like for them to progress naturally, I'm prepared for things to get worse. I know they're going to get worse, but there's anxiety that comes with signing up and like knowing as soon as you do this, it's going to be Bringing it upon yourself immediately. So I was like, that's when I like, up to this point, I had stayed pretty calm and like I was relaxed. I wasn't really like crying or anything. And at this point I had like a breakdown where I was just like, I'm exhausted. Like, I don't know what to do. I was like, maybe I want to get epidural. Like, I just want, like, is there anything else we can do to like take away the pain? And I was like, well, if you get epidural, like you can rest. Like you can probably literally take a nap, but we can't promise that it's going to progress. We could be here even longer. You know, it could prolong your labor. Mm-hmm. We don't really know. And she, my mom was like, and I also know that you didn't want to do that. Like, right. I don't want this to sound like epidurals are bad because they're not. This is just a personal, what I had wanted yeah. to do. And so, and what I had kind of like committed to myself to yeah. do. And my mom knew that. So she was like, my mom did five natural births and she, her last one, she had epidural. So she's done both. She's a fan of both. Yeah. And so she was just saying like, you're so close. You've already been in pain. Like right. you're so close. This could be you know, almost done. And then you won't have to worry about anything. Yeah. And she was like, we'll be proud of you no matter what you choose. Yeah. But she was like, I think we should just break your water. Yeah. And I was kind of wanting someone to just make the decision for me. Cause yeah. I was just like, I don't know what to do. Like, I really don't know what to do. And so basically my little support team was like, you can do it. Let's break the water. I think that's going to be like a good thing. And I was like, okay, took a deep breath and was like, okay, we could do this. I can do this. And then I, my midwife came back in and I was like, let's break the water. And then I kind of wanted, I was like, if I need pain meds, like, can I get them? And she was like, yes. And I was like, okay, that's kind of all yeah, I need to that's hear. that's comforting <laughs> yeah. for sure. That if I need them, they're there for mm-hmm. me. And she was like, okay. So just lay down. Like I laid on my stomach, kind of like on my side with my leg up on the like hospital bed, basically. And she broke my water didn't hurt. When they break your water, they literally just like go in basically and like pop a balloon pretty much. Mm -hmm. Just break the sack and then all the water gushes out. And it didn't hurt at all. Just felt like water fell out of me. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, okay, that was not bad. And she was like, okay, so there was a lot of merconium in your water basically. So he had pooped in his sack, which if you guys know like about birth or have heard of this, it's like not good for them to poop in their sack because it's toxic if they um, consume it. it. Yeah. And so they're like, because you're already like in labor, he's already coming. We don't have to do anything, but we do need to monitor you from now on um, just to make sure he's okay. So that kind of gave me a little bit, honestly, hindsight 2020, it was 
kind of a blessing in disguise because I started worrying about him and not me. Like I was like, yeah. I started watching, they had to monitor his heart rate basically yeah. with my contractions. And so I was like watching that, worried about him, making sure he's okay. She was like, he's fine. Like everything looks fine. But he had pooped a lot. It literally looked like diarrhea. She showed me the match. She's <laughs> like, he literally let everything out. Cause sometimes there's just a little piece of poop or something. But Gosh. anyways, so after that, water broke. The con- I went into a trance. Like the contractions became really, really intense. Like I wouldn't even say, so the, the whole thing of the pain-free course to go back to this question, did it work? Is it's not about like having no uncomfortability. It's just, it's not necessarily pain. It's just intense pressure. It just is intense feeling. It's kind of to rewire your brain to think this is not pain that I have to brace for, that I have to be scared of. It's just intense feelings. It's just like pressure, you know? Mm-hmm. So in that sense, yes, I would say it was definitely for me, I could have done better at breathing and I could have prepped more of like, you know, meditation. But at this point, I kind of went into a trance and I did, you know, yell with some of the contractions where I was like, I cannot like vocally hold this in. Like these are really intense. Yeah. I could feel it felt like he dropped down into my pelvis and into my lower back. Like Nick started rubbing my lower back and I was like, don't touch my back. Like it hurts so bad. And I was just laying there with my eyes closed and I was like, okay, these are crazy and contractions. Like when they came, I was starting to brace a little bit for them where yeah. I was like, okay, I'm trying to relax my shoulders, but I literally physically can't. Yeah. And so that probably lasted for two hours. And then she checked me two hours later and I was at an eight. So I went from wow. a four to an eight in two hours, which the best thing I ever did was have my water broken. Like, thank freaking goodness. Honestly, I should have done it sooner if I like would have known. But yeah, because it just made it go so fast. And he like basically just dropped right after that. So I was still on my stomach. And I remember my mom like leaning down and whispering in my ear, like, Everyone around me made it sound like I was getting close while I was still laying on my stomach, like having these contractions. Like I was like, okay, everyone's acting as if I'm about to push him out, but I don't feel like I'm pushing yet. And my mom like leaned down and whispered to me. She was like, they're getting the newborn stuff out. Like, (laughs) she's like, they don't just do that. Like at any time, like they're getting the newborn stuff out. And I saw them like roll the little car out with Mm -hmm. like, you know, where they do all the stuff afterwards. And I just got this like rush of adrenaline and like endorphins basically of like, oh my gosh, like the end is near. Like I I actually can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And so at this point, I feel like the pushing part and that two hours I was just talking about where it was like the intense contractions is called transition, I believe. And that's when he's like getting down there and um, prepping to come out is the most intense part, but it's the shortest part. And I want to say like right after transition is basically where it's still super intense, but your adrenaline is pumping. And it's like, as soon as you start pushing, so I flipped over to start pushing on my back and I was, I wanted to like be on my hands and knees, but my arms and legs were exhausted at this point. It was like 11 PM. So I was just like done. I'd been laboring all day. Yeah. And so I was on my back. And it felt so good to be able to like do something about the contractions. Cause before you're just trying to like, you know, let them wave over you. Yeah. But now like, it's like, okay, I can push through them. Like yeah. it feels kind of good to engage your core and like brace yourself. And so the craziest feeling ever is like feeling his head 
literally like down in your pelvis, like, because obviously before you feel them in your stomach, but like yeah. when you start to feel him like come down, like literally right in between your legs. That is nuts. And so I was pushing and looking at the clock. And also I was telling JC, I texted her a couple days before and I'm like, I swear to you, if that freaking TikTok song comes in my head when I'm in labor, that's like, I am woman. I am <laughs> I hate that noise. I hate that sound so much. It's like my worst nightmare. And as I'm pushing, that song comes in my head. I've never had so much self, like mind control to get it out of my head. And as soon, like an intrusive thought that I just got rid of immediately. And I was looking at the clock and it was like 1130 when I started pushing. And so I'm like, okay, we got 30 minutes to have a Christmas Eve baby. So I'm pushing like so hard, but I'm exhausted. Like you have to push with your contraction. So when the contraction comes, my midwife is like, okay, so when the contraction comes, take a deep breath in through your nose and then hold the breath in. Don't breathe through it and like engage your core and push the baby down, like bear down basically. Yeah. Really nice to have someone like coach you through it. So yeah. I was trying to do that. And I, every time I would lift my head up, cause you lift your head up and like basically do a crunch and I would see the clock and it'd be like 1135 and I'd be like, okay, go down rest for a second. Have another, yeah. yeah. And I would literally be staring at the clock every time I pushed. And then finally it was like 1159 and I was still pushing and I was like freaking like, he's just wanted to be a Christmas baby. He wanted this. So he's going to have it. <laughs> and so it was like probably 1115 or 1110 or something like that. And I'd been pushing now for like 30. 1110 or 1210. Yeah. 1210. Sorry. I'd been pushing for like 30, 40 minutes. And I feel literally his head like about to come out. Like the pressure of it is just the most wild feeling like ever. Because obviously when you have to poop, it's like you feel stuff down there to poop, you know? <laughs> but you never feel something like that like in your vagina, like in yeah, your breath canal. Yeah, that's weird. So I was pushing and obviously like I was kind of going against gravity, which is why some other positions are better. But at that point, I literally did not care. And... I was pushing and because you can only go with a contraction, like that he can kind of stop and maybe go back a little bit after you're pushing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's like three steps forward, one step back. Exactly. Now. So I felt him like everyone, like my mom is holding my hand. My Nick is holding my other hand and I'm like pushing against their hands with all of my might. And I'm having my legs up against like my midwife and my doula. And I'm pushing against them. And all of them are like, he's so close. Like everyone's being so supportive and like, he's there. And I was like kind of out of it at this point. Like my mom was like, you were saying the funniest things. Like you would be so positive once I could be like, I can do this. She's like, you'd be like laughing. Like you'd be like, oh my gosh, like so excited. Like I can do this. I'm so close. I got this. And then the next thing you're like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Like I'm so tired. And then, um, They'd be like, push, push, push. <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm trying. <laughs> because I'd be like, I'm I'm literally trying so hard, you guys. Yeah. Like, I'm putting all of my, trust me, I'm trying. Yeah. And they'd be like, no, 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 you're doing good. I'm dead. And so I felt, um, like, with one of the contractions, he was so close. Like, I literally felt him about to come out of, like, the skin, basically. And, but my contraction stopped. And so I just felt his head. It felt like he was stuck. Like, it felt like his head was stuck, like, right there. And it was the like most pressure I've ever felt down there. It was like the, just the craziest feeling. I can't even describe it. Painful, yes. But like, again, you just have so much adrenaline and like yeah. endorphins because you know you're about to meet your baby. So it's like, at that point, it, you don't care about yeah. the pain. 
Also, to answer people's questions, yes, I did poop multiple times. And no, you <laughs> do not care. Like, I always heard you won't care. And I'm like, I'll care. I swear I'll care. Yeah. You do not care. It's the least of your worries. And like, she would just wipe it away super fast and like literally wipe me with a warm wipe. I'm like, this feels so good. <laughs> like, my mom was like, you pooped so much. And I'm like, I know. I did not even care. You can't help it. No, you you're pushing if you so poop, hard. No shame, okay? Are you kidding? Yeah, you're pushing so hard and you're pushing down there like you're pooping. Yeah. You're engaging your core, like how you probably actually should healthily poop. But anyways, so after I felt his like head basically down there was um, the point when I think the most adrenaline came, but I also was so physically exhausted. My midwife was, what did she say? Someone asked, oh, my mom was like, okay, we got to get this kid out. We got to see if he has any hair. Like she was like joking around saying that. And my midwife was like, I see some hair. And so at that point I knew like she wasn't lying that he, because they kept being like, he's so close. He's so close. I'm like, he's, you guys have said that for like an hour. Like, is he really close? And when she said that, I was like, okay, she must literally like see his head. So I'm so, so close. And I could feel him as well. And so at this point to help me not tear. So this was like the main question I got asked. People like, please tell me how not to tear because that's like my biggest fear. So one of the main things that helped me was my midwife. So I can't even say that I did this. My midwife was so good. She was um, using baby oil and like massaging my literal vagina, like to like kind of opening it up with her fingers basically. And just like kind of moving it around and like obviously telling me how to push correctly so that I wasn't like over pushing or over exerting like down there. Cause that's when you push or when you tear most of the time is when you push too fast or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so when his head finally started coming out and I could feel it, the ring of fire that people talk about, I don't know if I necessarily felt that. I just felt the crazy feeling of like the contact of his head to like, oh my gosh, he's coming out of me right now. And it was like a really intense feeling of, I don't know if it's like burning. I don't know what the ring of fire that makes it sound like it burns, but I think the ring of fire means you're tearing, someone said. So I don't Mm -hmm. know if I necessarily felt that because I didn't tear. But she also, when his head was literally coming out, she told me how to push. And then she told me and was like touching me down there, telling me when to relax, which I think was the main thing is that I was able to like relax my perineum or whatever at the right time so that it wasn't getting overextended or anything like that. And then he just came out his head and his shoulder. I didn't see him come out because I was literally like in a trance and closing my eyes and not looking down there. And, but my mom said like his head came out and his shoulder came out. And then as soon as I felt his head come out and his shoulder come out, it was like literally milliseconds before I just hear him crying and then I just feel like feel him on my chest basically. And you picture that moment, like while I was pregnant, I pictured that moment so many times I would get so emotional thinking about it. Yeah. And then when it actually happened, it was like so fast and so surreal. It was like, I was more in shock than anything else. Like I heard him cry and I was like, oh my gosh, it was like the biggest sigh of relief ever. First of all, it feels so good when he comes out. Like yeah. my mom always was like, it kind of feels like, you know, you take a really good poop and it finally comes out. Yeah. It's like what it feels like, but like 10 times better. And there's just like endorphins and like oxytocin just like floods the room because he's like, you did it. And he's yeah. like on your chest and he was like crawling on me. And I was just like, I just like look down and I see his hair and I'm just like, and I hear him crying and I'm like touching him and I'm like, 
what the what heck just in happened? The world? Like, this is a real thing. This was just inside of me. Like, he's real. And I like looked at my mom and I was like, well, they had to take him really quickly. They never took him out of the room. Um, I don't think they do that in hospitals anymore because of literally like switching babies, but they do all of the like afterbirth stuff in the room. Yeah. So they put him on me for a little bit, but because he had like pooped everywhere, um, they had to make sure he was okay. So they took him to that little bed after a second. And I just remember like staring at him and I was like sobbing. Nick was sobbing. And I was just like, I love him. Like, I cannot believe that this is real. Like, I couldn't even like think of words to describe the feeling, but I was just like, my mom was like, it was so funny that you just were like, I love him. Oh, that's so <laughs> And I was cute. like, I looked at Nick and I'm like, he's perfect. Like, I cannot believe he's so cute. He's like, oh my gosh, he's real. Like, this is so crazy. But also, mind you, I'm like also in shock. So physically yeah. and emotionally, I'm just like <laughs> in another world. And so after they did all the stuff with him, I don't know what they do over there, but like probably Nick cut the cord. I don't remember that, honestly, because I was like, my legs were shaking so bad. I was so tired. I was sweating super bad. I was kind of like, not well, honestly, right afterwards, physically. And they do a bunch of stuff down there afterwards. And and these are the things that would always freak me out. But in the moment, I was just like, I don't care. My legs were like wide open. I'm like, just like, do your thing. Yeah. And that's when she told me, she's like, you didn't tear it all. And I was like, thank heavens. I did get like a little cut on the side that she had to put a little stitch in, but it wasn't a big deal. And then your placenta comes out. Like she had to massage it a little bit. And then um, the placenta came out. I honestly don't even remember like these things that happened right after because I was just so out of it. And nothing was as people like, is that part painful? It's like, after what you just after, did? Yeah, after what I just did, I did, nothing was painful. Like in comparison, like what am I comparing it to birth? Like in, yeah. and labor, it's a two out of 10. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so they like take the placenta out. She showed me the placenta. It was the craziest, ugliest thing I've ever seen. I was just like, some people think it's so cool. And I'm just like, that is terrifying. (laughs) It's huge. It's huge. And she showed us the sack too. She was like, this is the sack he was in. It looks like just like a web, like a gray web thing. It's so weird. It's wild. Yeah. She's like, do you want to keep it? I'm like, no, literally throw that away. And... I'm trying to think what else happens like right after. My mom was worried about me. She was like, we need to get like a blanket on her. Like she was like worried I was going into like shock. And it's very normal to kind of like get the trembles, get like the shakes afterwards. And so I really like that hour afterwards. I just remember my arms were so exhausted. I could barely hold him. Like I would have to ask Nick, I'm like, can you adjust him? Like my arms were exhausted because at one point during pushing, I had to, to help me push better because it was kind of, doing it on my own was a little harder. She had me basically row where she would hold on to one end of the towel that was like rolled up. And then I would pull the towel with my hands towards my chest, do a crunch and like, you know, like a rowing machine yeah. basically to engage the cool, like that right part of your core. Yeah. And it helped so much first of all, but it was, I can't even tell you, like my arms were shaking so bad because I was doing a full on workout. Like, and I had not eaten. I had not slept. Slept. I was like laboring. I was just exhausted. But so I couldn't even really hold him. Like the first time I tried to breastfeed him, I had to have a bunch of pillows because I was like, oh my gosh, my arms were so tired. I slept for like two hours afterwards. He was born at like 11 or at 1220 on Christmas day. So it was like, he just really wanted to make it to Christmas. And then all of the after stuff is like a blur, but just know for all the people asking me like, what about like after it's nothing in comparison in my, in my, um, experience. And actually like 
the other question I got the most was like why I wanted to do an unmedicated birth. Mm -hmm. And there are several reasons and it's definitely just a personal preference or personal like choice that you make. There's nothing wrong with any way that you give birth. Any way a baby is born is crazy, is wild, is really hard. C-section, whether it's, you know, medicated, it still has to come out of you. Like you still have to go into labor. Like there's still the aftercare. There's still postpartum, which is gnarly. It's like, there's just different struggles with everything. So you just kind of have to go with what you want to do. Um, Why I want to do unmedicated was, first of all, there's less likelihood of interventions happening. Like they call it the cascade of interventions. Sometimes when you get one intervention, then all of a sudden you need more interventions and then it kind of cascades. So then it kind of feel it feels out of your control if you weren't planning on them. So when you do have unmedicated birth, you can feel how to push a little bit more. So you are more likely to not tear, not saying you always tear if you have an epidural, not saying that you'd never tear if you go unmedicated. It's just a, like a better likelihood, especially if you have a good provider like I did. I was just like so grateful for my midwife because I, do, I think I probably would have torn, but she was just so good at coaching me. And so if you have a good, you know, coaching team, if you have an epidural, I'm sure it's the same thing. Yeah. And then also another thing about unmedicated birth that I learned actually later is that the recovery is much better than if you do have pain medications because most of the time you don't tear as bad or as much, but also because of like the reward system kind of in your head where it's like you go through something super painful, super hard that afterwards it seems like the comparison of it seems like better. So you're way less likely actually if you have unmedicated birth to have postpartum depression and to have like postpartum anxiety if you do have unmedicated, but also mind you, Again, there's nothing wrong with having a medicated birth. Like 90% of people. Yeah, 90% of people in the world do have medicated births. They do every single day, all the time, everywhere. So it's just up to you. I would just say do your own research. And also, just like for me, I wanted to, because I had committed to it, I wanted to physically push myself and like, you don't want to say if you did do natural unmedicated people are like, oh, you want a trophy like for this? Like, you know, you almost feel like you're bragging or saying like being condescending, but that's not, you just, I'm just talking about my experience of what I wanted. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that. No. And also like I saw a TikTok that was like, oh, like every, every time someone has an unmedicated birth, they're always like, you want a trophy? Like, what do you want for that? And I'm like, first of all, honestly, yes, I do want a trophy. <laughs> Second of all, again, it's like, if you do something hard in your life, you should be able to celebrate it and you should be able to like feel proud of yourself for yeah. doing it. And it doesn't take away anybody else's experiences. No. It doesn't make anybody else's less or more or anything like that. And I think if you hear about other people's and you want to do that, and I think that's great. Then, you know, if you hear about somebody's unmedicated birth and you're like, I want to do that, but I'm not sure, it can be really empowering to know other girls do it. And especially like wimps like me. Like I want people wimps to like know. Me. Like I Five. really am. Like I, I, I think I'm tough physically. Like I do like to physically push myself and I like the feeling of doing that. Like, but like I said, medically with things like that, I have a lot of anxiety and I get like very wimpy about, you know, procedures or like yeah. things like that. So if I can do it, you for sure can do it. But yeah, so we were at the hospital for like another 24 hours. Our nurses were amazing postpartum. I'll probably go into that a little more in like a future episode, but there's lots of products that I'll post on my Instagram that I feel like have helped me 
um, that I really liked. JC and Beth and Kristen, all my friends got me like this postpartum kit. Like kit, yeah, for my baby shower. And I remember when I got it, I was like, oh, this is awesome. But I didn't know anything was. And then afterwards when I got home, I'm like, this gift is next level. Like I did not fully appreciate it enough when I got it. Not that I didn't appreciate it. But yeah. when I got home and I had all this stuff, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like life saving. But there's lots of things I think people don't know about postpartum. Like why you have to wait six weeks to like have sex or start exercising is because you're bleeding down there and you're like, I didn't tear, but I, mine was super swollen. So it was really hard to sit for like pretty much until today. Mm-hmm. And you do basically bleed like you're on your period. You have obviously like baby blues are a real thing. Your hormones are all over the place the first couple weeks, especially. I'm way hormonal the last couple weeks than I ever was during my pregnancy for sure. And then obviously you have a baby. But in my mind, if I had to rate like labor and delivery and then pregnancy and then postpartum in terms of favorite to least favorite. My favorite was probably labor and delivery because... It was like the moment I got my child, basically. Yeah. And it was it was like a crazy, wild experience that afterwards, it's just like, I was, I just felt so good. Like, yeah. it was just like the craziest high I've ever had afterwards. And then I would rate postpartum second because you have your baby. So it's like, that makes it better because- Yeah, you have a reward. Yeah. And then my, my recovery wasn't that bad and my breastfeeding wasn't that bad, but I'm sure, again, everyone's different. And then I would rate pregnancy very last, like- I would much rather go through excruciating pain for two days than be uncomfortable for nine months. Like just because I was super sick and I just had like acid reflux and it's super swollen and uncomfortable. You can't like sleep very well. It just was my least favorite for sure. Yeah. I think first of all, we just need to like normalize in general being able to talk about your own experience without it invalidating anyone's. Because I was thinking like when you say that, it's funny because I have friends who say the opposite where they're like, my pregnancy was like pretty easy. Like I loved being pregnant, but like postpartum has been so gnarly, but it's like, that's fine. Like everyone just has their own experiences and no one does like better or worse. It's just your experience. So I, the reason I'm saying that almost as a disclaimer is because I could see you saying that and then people being like, my pregnancy was so easy. My postpartum has been horrible. It's like, okay, well that's your experience. Like everyone's entitled to their own, you know, experience and it's going to be different and that's how life is. But yeah, I mean. Yeah. And it's nice to know like for certain people when something is hard, it is nice to be validated by other people for, you know, when I was pregnant, I didn't like being pregnant. I felt so guilty for like not liking it and just feeling like this stinks. And to see other people talk about like how hard their pregnancy was, I was like, oh, that's very validating. You know what I mean? So in every stage to have people that are, you know, also saying, yeah, that was freaking hard and that sucked. It's like, oh, it's so validating to me. For sure. But at the same time, just because someone's is easy does not mean that like, you don't have to put yourself into every- That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Yeah. experience of everybody else's. You don't have to like, you can just take yourself out of the equation Yeah, you don't have to compare to every single part of it. It just is, yeah. Yeah, and and I think we always hear scary birth stories. Like I had Mm -hmm. always heard scary birth stories. So that's why I was so scared of birth. Like I had seen maybe two people say, like my birth was really great and amazing. And like, it was hard, but you know. So I feel like because of my experience with my birth, because it went, like as well as I could have hoped. I mean, obviously there was things that I, you know, would have maybe done differently, but like not really. Overall, I would, I loved my birth. I feel like I want to tell people that because I'm like, it can be like this amazing experience. Like 
people kept asking like, how much does it hurt? How, it, it doesn't really hurt as much as people say. And I'm like, yes, it's literally 10 out of 10 pain. Yeah. The worst pain I've ever felt. But like, first of all, you could do it. Women are freaking amazing. They do it all the time. Yeah. Every day, every second. And in much worse conditions than you probably will be doing For it. You sure. know what I mean? And something that I kept telling myself is I'm way more tough than I think I am. Yeah. And if you are going into birth again, no matter if you're doing medicated, unmedicated, C-section, getting induced, whatever it is, like you can do it and you will do it. And like it, you will be on the other side of it at one point. And I know it's hard to believe when you're like pregnant or when you're like so far away from it, but it will happen and you'll be on the other side of it with your baby. And you'll just be like, oh my gosh, I did it. Like, and it will be behind you, you know, just a speck of time in, in the scheme of things. And yeah, I just want people to know that they don't have to be scared. Like it is hard, but just because it's hard, like not everything in life has to be super easy. And yeah. guess what? Some of the like scariest things of my life, like things that have made me the most fearful have been the most amazing things like that ended up in my life where it's like that experience changed my entire life. I felt like changed who I was. And it was the best thing ever. Like it was such an amazing experience. I wouldn't give it up. Like I would do it all again just to have that same experience. For sure. Yeah, Definitely. So, well, just to let you guys know, by the way, Chelsea is on like a small maternity leave. So the next few episodes will be me, me and Leif, me and Beth, me and another guest, potentially the whole fam, the whole crew. And then Chelsea will be back shortly. But even though podcasting is like, doesn't take that long, you know, you need a maternity leave. If you... I just saw something about how like the U.S. is the worst with maternity leaves. I was leaves, about to and say, why don't atrocious. we have like six month maternity leaves? Literally. Like Sweden or something like that. Yeah. So. Screw you, capitalism. You deserve some time to just relax and soak it all in. So we're going to give her that time. And I hope you guys are excited about the upcoming yeah. episodes. We have some really good episodes in January, you know, for the new year. Yeah. I'm excited to be a listener. I did listen to last week's episode and I was, it was so nice to like, listen as if it was not my podcast. Yeah. Um, I do give, I feel like I get FOMO where I'm like, dang, now I feel like how probably people feel where they want to talk back Yeah, and you like be interject. part of the conversation, but it'll be nice to kind of like take a couple of weeks off more off of just to be newborns are amazing and like the best things ever but they are kind of like on demand yeah we had to take a break halfway through this episode so I could breastfeed him because he's crying yeah but they're only newborns for so long so I feel like it makes that's what I've been telling myself is like you want to soak just it up. soak every moment in because yeah. they grow up so fast so for sure yeah. they'll be great episodes yes yeah, stay tuned for some fun episodes we got some good plans just in general 2022 I have a good feeling about it. I yeah. feel like it's going to be a great let's, year. Let's not jinx yeah. it like you did 2020. Yeah. No, but I really do. I, I Like there's something magic about Something this. epic is about to happen. Um, no, I we have some fun stuff for our podcast, like mm-hmm. goals and just stuff we're excited about. And I, I'm having, I feel good vibes. Yeah. So thank you guys so much. I Because we were batching, I feel like we didn't properly say like, just thank you guys so much yeah. for this past year for supporting us. Like it was a huge year for our podcast. It was, yes. It was like the biggest year for our podcast yet. 100%. And it was just all because of you. Yeah. All because of you guys. We built such an awesome community. You guys are truly just the best. So it still bewilders me. Is that a word? Uh, that people, I don't know. <laughs> I'm still bewildered at the fact. Yeah. I don't know. That people 
are so nice in this world and like yes. actually care about us. Even with like my pregnancy, like when I announced my pregnancy and then also when I was, when I like, you know, announced Case and, and showed him to the world and like it shocked me how supportive and happy people are for other people. Like, yeah. So I just want to say thank you guys for all the support and love and like people just being so understanding. Like anytime I feel like we go through things, it just shows us that you guys just really come through for us. You're always so nice and like take your time and not demanding and super grateful. So we appreciate you guys so, so much. I feel the same way. I'm not even going to interject because I preach, preach, preach. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a very exciting episode. I feel like we could legitimately talk for two more hours, but you know, we got to cut it off somewhere. So this was a long one, but hope you guys enjoyed. We love you so much. And that's that's what what we said. said. Bye.